Welcome to Alex Asks, a podcast series determined to bring to light the inequities within the music industry and discuss ways we can do better. This is my very first episode, so thank you for being here. I'm so excited to get this started. This is a topic I've been wanting to talk about and elevate for years, something I've talked about over drinks with friends, something that means a lot to me personally. And if you listen to music or care about music, chances are this means something to you too. So each episode, we'll take a look at an artist that experienced injustice within the industry, what happened, why it happened, how we reacted, how it all went down. I'm Alex, your host. Thank you so much for being here. Today, Alex asks, what happened with Janet Jackson? So when I was thinking about my first episode, I was trying to think of one of the most glaringly obvious cases of injustice in the industry because, I mean, I think everyone knows who Janet Jackson is, right? If not, that's fine, I guess, but we're going to learn today. Janet Jackson is a five-time Grammy-winning artist, 80s and 90s musical icon, and brother of Michael Jackson, if y'all have ever heard of him. She has been in the music industry her whole life and has achieved numerous awards and acclaim to show for it. And as a black woman, she has helped to pave a way for other black women in the industry. She is influential, well-known, and loved by many. She has churned out hits for years and was and still is a very loved member of the industry. Except, here's where it gets messed up. In February of 2004, Janet Jackson performed for a packed stadium and 140 million people watching from home during the Super Bowl 38 halftime show. She performed alongside Justin Timberlake, and as Justin sang the final line of the set, I'm gonna have you naked by the end of this song, he ripped off her chest piece and exposed her breast on live television. This was huge. Where today it might not be as shocking or appalling, at the time there was outrage, The media swarmed the story, inciting rumors that the wardrobe malfunction was intended for publicity and sales. Both Janet and Justin claimed that it was an unfortunate accident and apologized, and yet Janet received much harsher backlash. She had been slated to present at the Grammy Awards ceremony later in 2004 and had her invitation revoked. Meanwhile, Justin Timberlake not only was still invited to the ceremony, but was still able to perform. Not to mention, Janet was blacklisted from airing on several channels, including MTV. After she released her album, Demita Joe, later in the year, no radio stations would play her songs and no channels would play her music videos. Critics focused all their attention not on the album, but on the Super Bowl controversy, just blatantly allowing something she did not cause to overshadow her career. The same did not happen for Justin Timberlake in any capacity, For years, Janet was blacklisted and her songs were not allowed to be played on radio, and this continued for her next two album releases. The controversy wreaked havoc on the mainstream. Janet became the most searched person on the internet for 2004, and is credited as having invented YouTube because so many people needed to watch and share the video, apparently. The whole situation is gross, deeply sexist, and not to mention racist, but history tells us this is not surprising. Black women have historically been exploited and undermined in the music industry, and Janet Jackson's case is no different. The difference in social power is clear when comparing the backlash between the two artists. 
Because Justin is a male and because he is white, he was able to say the right thing in the situation, an apology, a condemnation of objectification of women, and a concern that people mistreat quote-unquote ethnic artists more than white artists. After saying this, he was off the hook, at least in the public's eyes, and got to perform at award shows and continue making routine public appearances, not to mention actually be allowed to have his music played on the radio. Janet, a black woman who experienced a malfunction at the fault of Justin Timberlake, accident or not, did not experience this level of media forgiveness. She became an objectifiable laughingstock for men and a shameful display of sexuality for women, two feelings that were exacerbated by excessive media coverage on the incident. And Janet was granted very minimal opportunity to bounce back. She appeared on Saturday Night Live later in 2004 and parodied her incident. She later spoke to Larry King and clarified that the malfunction was a mistake and apologized. Again. Janet was forced to apologize repeatedly for something out of her control and was forced to apologize to news publications and the general public that made ripping her reputation to shreds a sport. And while this may seem like a conditional, isolated incident pertaining only to Janet, we know that is not the case. This problem brings up the idea that, no matter what, if a female artist, particularly a black woman, makes one career misstep, says one thing wrong, or says something that can be taken out of context, the media and the general public will make her the target. It speaks to a larger culture within the U.S. and the world today that only allows for one all-successful female artist at once, whereas the charts seem to welcome old and new male artists of any genre. Only 21% of the most popular songs today are made by women, and in 2004, this number was even lower. Despite Janet's positive representation of black women in the industry, the mistake of her duet partner is what cost her years of publicity, sales, and the celebrity status she had earned through her talent and work ethic. But, soon enough, Janet was back to killing it. Of course. Following the release of her 20-year-old album, she starred in a Tyler Perry film that became her third consecutive film to debut at number one at the box office, signaling a small shift in public perception of Janet. Not that it mattered. Despite her 20-year-old album being nominated for a Grammy, it was still blacklisted from multiple news channels, radio stations, and so on. Then, tragedy struck. Janet's brother, Michael Jackson, died in 2009. The coverage on Michael's death, of course, sought to include input and testimony from his family, and this largely included Janet, now the most popular and well-known member of the Jackson family. She performed multiple tributes to Michael on multiple stations and was lauded for her emotional vulnerability and talent. By this time, Janet personally had largely moved on. Despite what the industry had done to her and how it treated her, she continued to put out albums and appear on stations that would allow her and stayed on her grind. So after her brother died, she wasn't looking for media attention, but was honored to be asked to tribute her brother by performing. Her choice to do so was revered, and the general public had generally decided they now like Janet Jackson again. No matter the exact reason, it's a little strange that it took Janet performing following the death of her loved one to shift society's perception of her after five years. This, unfortunately, speaks to the reality artists face in the industry. It seems, as with Janet's situation, if it seems like more people are choosing to dislike an artist, more people will jump onto that boat of hate. This works in the opposite way, too. 
With Michael Jackson fans grieving, this is a huge amount of people. More people could identify with Janet in her grief. Why should it take shared grief to allow a woman back into the industry she was shunned from following a mistake? One mistake that was out of her control. There's something to be said here about fan culture and mainstream media's strong influence on it. The way that stories are spun, the way Janet Jackson's Super Bowl story was spun, was all done to cater to a system. This system is what runs the industry, and it operates on a foundation of capitalism, which is inherently exploitative. Hear me out. Once Janet made the Super Bowl mistake, she no longer became profitable. Award shows wouldn't book her, she wouldn't be allowed on radio, and her albums wouldn't reach as much people as a result. She became less profitable, therefore the media invested less in her success, and in turn the general public did too. Then, once the public could share in the grief of the loss of her brother, Janet somehow became profitable again. Allowed back on radio stations, back on shows, and back in the good graces of the media and the general public. There was little discussion at the time of her repeated support of AIDS research funding or her repeated advocacy within Black communities in the United States. Nope. The media valued her grief more than they valued her humanitarian work. Does this say more about us as listeners than it does about the industry? That depends on how you look at it. If enough people rally around one opinion, actual research tells us that people will tend to flock toward that opinion. But is a shared opinion organic, or did it stem from somewhere else? Does media and the industry catalyze our reactions and opinions by leading us to a way of thinking? Like I said before, Janet Jackson's Super Bowl became the most searched thing on Google in 2004 and brought YouTube to the mainstream due to how many people wanted to see what happened. The media blew it out of proportion, but if the same thing happened now, would we give in to the overwhelming negative news media? Or would we call out injustice when we see it? That remains to be seen, but it's not like that doesn't happen all the time. Just this past Super Bowl, Jennifer Lopez and Shakira were ripped apart online and by news media for their quote-unquote hypersexual performance. The performance was too sexual for children watching, yet very few people said anything the previous year when the white, male, Adam Levine of Maroon 5 ripped his shirt off while singing about sex on the same stage. Where was the outrage for Adam? Why is it that two women of color singing about sex while being sexual is too much for Super Bowl audiences? We can learn from our weird sexist and racist history because it isn't history. Stuff like this happens every day. Every time a woman deviates from what is exactly expected of them by society at that exact moment, she gets picked apart. Even if, in the case of Janet, it was an unfortunate mishap, fans, haters, and media will find a way to spin it. Why is it so easy for us to do this? I know if y'all have Twitter, you know how hard certain fans and certain haters will go for artists. Next time we see a comment reaction, or opinion that is so obviously stemming from a place of racism or sexism, we gotta call that out. We gotta speak up. The little things that go unchecked feed this larger issue. As a music fan, I know the power of music on myself and on my friends. Music can move people and stir thoughts and emotions. Let's protect that. Let's keep an eye out for our universal language and the women that make it so amazing.
Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I don't want to hold back on this podcast. and I don't want y'all to hold back on how you felt about it. I want this to be a catalyst for dialogue. Go stream some Janet Jackson tonight. My favorites from her are Control and Nasty, two absolute bops. Thank you for listening. Tune into the next episode. Spread love. I want to say a personal word to each and every fan. with me every every step of the way through all my ups all my downs I have never I never have and I never will take you for granted I love you with all my heart thank you so much and, and Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, please, 2020, induct more women. Thank you so much for this honor. I love you so much. Thank you.